Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome back to Inside Arsenal. It is Wednesday. I hope everyone's feeling good wherever you're watching or listening to this around the world. Of course, no Arsenal matches to talk about. We're still six days away from that game against Nottingham Forest next Tuesday night at the City Ground, but plenty to discuss as always when it comes to the world of Arsenal. We've got comments from Victor Osimhen about his future. He's been speaking to CBS about what he's going to do at the end of the season. So we'll have a little look at what he has had to say. Of course, a player that we know Arsenal are monitoring and like. Um, Alexander Zinchenko has been speaking as well, giving a good interview to The Athletic. Uh, if you want to read the full interview to that, the link is down below in the description. Jakub Kivior's agent, who we spoke about yesterday, has uh, has been speaking a little bit more about his player's future amid those ongoing links that just never seem to go away but uh, this agent, the agent finally, it appears today, has shut the prospect down once and for all of Jakub Kivior leaving this month. Lots of questions and comments from you guys as well. So we'll get stuck into it. And we'll start with Victor Osman, of course, a person, a striker, a player that I know that so many of you from reading the comments love and want to see Arsenal sign. Whether they do, look, we'll have to wait and see until the summer. We know he's a player that they like, that they're following. I've reported before that his talks have taken place between the club, between Edu and his agent, um, and uh, that date back a good couple of years. When Gabriel Jesus signed that summer, Arsenal were talking with the, the agent of Victor Osman, who flew over to London Colney for a meeting. Um, I don't think that interest has gone away. I don't know if he's at the top of Arsenal's list, but I don't think that interest has gone away. We know that Arsenal are going to be targeting it as a striker. It is a position where they're looking to strengthen. Not so much this window because it's pretty much impossible, but certainly in the summer, there are a few other players in the mix. We know Irvin Tony's a player that they're looking at. There's been reports um, 
of others across Europe that the club are potentially monitoring as well. But Victor Rossman's name is never far away. And he's been speaking to CBS. Of course, he's been playing over in the AFCON with Nigeria. Another mad, mad day at AFCON yesterday. Just honestly, it doesn't get much better than the drama we've seen in that tournament over the last few days. Um, but he's been speaking to CBS. And this is what he had to say about his future. He said, the rumour is going around about me linked with the Premier League. When you are one of the hottest strikers in the globe, you expect this kind of thing. At Napoli, I just signed a new contract. I enjoy my time there, going through it with the team. And at the end of the season, I already made my mind up. I know what I want to do with my career. Since I've started, I've been the one taking my own decisions and everything's working out for me. Even though when I started, it didn't go as well as planned. But I already had my plan. I already know... Then, uh, sorry, I already knew the next step I want to take. So Victor Rossman is saying that he's already made a decision about what he is going to be doing come the summer and that we will all find out about that very, very soon. Now, we don't know, of course, what that means. Does he mean he's going to be moving to the Premier League? Does he mean he's going to stay at Napoli? Does it mean he's going to be moving to Saudi Arabia? There have, of course, been lots of talks, lots of links with Victor Rossman and a potential move to Saudi Arabia. He's a player that the PIF clubs are looking at and they would love to get over to their league. I think the agent of one of the, one of his teammates at Napoli went public the other day, didn't he? Saying that he thinks he's definitely going to go to Saudi Arabia at the end of the season. And um, and that caused a bit of a backlash with Osman and his team as well, who told him basically, keep quiet, keep your nose out of our business. So it remains to be seen what happens here, but it's going to be really interesting. I think this is going to be one of the transfer stories of the summer, isn't it? Victor Osman, Arsenal, Chelsea, Saudi Arabia, you know, I don't know. There's been so many clubs who are going to be looking at him. It's going to cost a lot of money. Sign that new contract with Napoli. It's going to be, about, I think it's about 130 million euro release clause that you've you know, pretty much have to pay up front, I believe, if you want to get him out of Napoli for that. Or, of course, you can try and negotiate something different with Napoli. Um, you know, the release clause doesn't mean that's exactly what you have to do if you sign him. You might have to go into negotiations. All the release clause does means if you actually match it, then no negotiations are needed. So it remains to be seen what happens. But let me know what your thoughts are on what Victor has had to say. You know, do you think Arsenal should be going all out for him? Do you think 130 million euros release clause should be what Arsenal do? To get him to the club, let me know, as always, in the comments below. Another player who has been heavily linked with Arsenal is Zubamendi over at Real Sociedad. And there's been strong reports over the last couple of days that Arsenal are very, very close to completing this signing. Not necessarily for this month, but for the summer that he's basically about to give his okay for Arsenal to make a move. Now, he does have a release clause as well, much cheaper than Victor Osmen's. I think it's around €60 million. Euros. Um, but he's been very, very happy at Sociedad and he's made it very, very clear for the last sort of 18 months or so that he doesn't want to go yet. Um, so even though that release clause is there, he's made it clear to interested parties that even if they were to meet that release clause, he wants to stay at Sociedad. Now, the reports that are emerging at the moment are that potentially that stance is changing and that come the end of the season, if someone pays that release clause, he will be happy to make that move and that Arsenal will very much move to the front of the queue. Um, now, he's a player that Arsenal like, absolutely no doubt about it. We've spoken about that before on this channel. He's a player that they're looking at when it comes to their midfield and the rebuild that they're going to have to do over the next two or three years, which is just absolutely imperative when you look at the age of the midfielders that Arsenal have. Take Declan Rice out of it. We spoke about it in yesterday's show that long term there has to be a plan and Zubamendi is certainly a player that the club are talking about. Now, 
as Ben here has got in touch and said, so Charles seen a lot of talk about Zumendi from Sociedad looks like an ideal upgrade on Jorginho and be perfect next to Rice. I mean, he does look perfect for what Arsenal want. Um, really talented player, doing very, very well, you know, performing for Sociedad in the Champions League this season as well. And he does look absolutely ready, but it's it's not as simple as just Arsenal signing him. There's lots of clubs that are interested in Barcelona, Bayern Munich as well. There are other clubs that are interested. And as far as the reports are that you're probably reading and that you're seeing that it's pretty much a done deal with Arsenal and that he's very, very close to signing, I don't think that's the case. I think it's still very much um, open season when it comes to Zubamendi and that all the interested clubs still believe come, come the summer that they might well you know, be in pole position to sign him and could well get this deal done. So I don't think any decision has been made. I certainly haven't heard that any decision has been made. So if you are re reading the reports, then I would just take it all with a little bit of a pinch of salt at the moment. I think there's still quite a long way to go when it comes to Zuba Mendy and any decision that he's going to make in the summer. But it's certainly one to keep an eye on when it comes to the Arsenal midfield. And he does tick a lot of the boxes and looks like a real quality player and kind of the sort of player that you would you think Mikel Arteta would like. And when you're looking at long-term replacements for the likes of Thomas Partey, Jorginho and the way they played in Zubamendi, you know, he appears to be in, fall into that category of, of a possible long-term successor for those players. So definitely one to keep an eye on. Alexander Zinchenko, as I said, has been speaking to The Athletic, been speaking at Evan Levitar over there. The interview is in the descriptions below. Please do give it a click. It's a good read about lots and lots of things. But there was a couple of interesting points that I want to talk about. I mean, first of all, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the quote here from him regarding his form. Now, Zinchenko obviously has been very much under the spotlight this season for his form. Some of it fair, justified, some of it not, I have to say. I think Zinchenko is still a really, really important player and good player. And a lot of the, the criticism that he gets when you actually look at his numbers and his stats and how he compares to other players in his position, it's very, very solid in all areas. Yes, he can get caught out defensively at times, but I think that comes with the jeopardy of playing the kind of position that you are. The same goes for Trent Alexander-Arnold and players like that, you know, They've all got their different qualities. Now, Trent's obviously a far better attacker than Alexander Zinchenko. I'm not trying to compare the two when it comes to goals and assists and things like that. You know, Trent's on another level. But, you know, Zinchenko isn't being asked to do what Trent Alexander is asked to do. He's been asked to move into the central midfield area, be that extra midfield man, the link-up play, uh, building up from the back, all that sort of things. And you, so you've got it, you know, when you're doing that sort of thing, occasionally you are going to get caught out of position. Defensively, you're not going to be as good as you are when you're primarily a midfielder, which Zinchenko is. Um, so I do think some of the criticism he gets is unfair. And I do think Arsenal, when Zinchenko's in the team and he's playing well, they are a better team. And um, sorry, a big bang you just heard is the wind blowing the door open to uh, the room that I recorded this in. So apologies if that made you jump a little bit. Um, this is what he had to say about his form. He says, I'm definitely not the super happiest man on the planet, but I know there are some moments when you have ups and downs. I'm pretty sure that everything will be fine because I've been in this position a couple of times in my life and I know how to behave on that. So he's not losing too much sleep over it and nor, nor should he as well you know players all have dips in form it's about how they respond to that and I thought Sinchenko played well when he came back at the weekend I was happy to see him back in the team against Nottingham Forest yes there are going to be games you know coming up Arsenal have got Liverpool and should Tomiyasu be here or should Timber be fit obviously that's not going to happen but if they were I'd probably look at that as games for them rather than Sinchenko but there's definitely still lots and lots of room for Zinchenko in this Arsenal team going forward. And games against teams like um, Palace at the weekend, when 
he was in it and he made a real big difference, I thought, to the Arsenal team. And um, he's going to come up with some. Uh, he's going to come up with uh, against some competition when Timber comes back. Guna seventy two here says the one person who won't be pleased to see you and Timber coming back is Zinchenko. And now he's in that interview with the Athletic. He did speak about that about the competition. He says, "I know how to deal with competition. There is only one direction: that's to work even harder. And at the end of the season, people are going to judge you. But I'm just focusing on the team. You need to look at yourself, what you have done well, what you need to avoid in the future, like some mistakes. But even if you play good, there is always space to improve. The key is just being the best version of yourself." every single day. Now, I don't think when Timber comes back that that's going to mean the end for Zinchenko at Arsenal by any means. I still think he's got a big part to play. I still think he offers the team an awful lot. He's certainly going to be up against it. But, you know, we don't even know the long-term plan. We haven't seen enough yet of Timber to know the long-term plan and what Arteta was thinking of him. You know, he was playing at left-back at the start of the season because Zinchenko wasn't around. But was Zinchenko back? Was the plan to move him over to right-back? You know, who knows? We'll have to wait and see. We just don't know what Mikel's real vision was for this season yet because the injury to Timber and then the absence of Thomas Partey has kind of robbed us of the opportunity to see that yet. But you know, competition is a good thing. Absolutely is a good thing. You know, squads thrive on that. Certainly elite squads thrive on that. So I don't think Timber spells the end for Zinchenko by any means. I just think it leaves Arsenal in a much stronger position and with far more options than they currently have. Everything is decided by Arsenal when their position is clear. Kuba stays at Arsenal. If you're in one of the best clubs in the world, you have to fight for yourself. Kuba is getting more and more minutes. Being his age after such a big transfer, everything looks fine in every respect. He's an ambitious player. He wants to play more and more, and we all hope that will happen in the near future. The club's position has not changed in any way since the summer. He is an important part of the team. I don't think that will change. Kuba came to Arsenal for a reason. They were the most specific and decisive. They spent a lot of money and maybe they see a lot more than all of us. So very definitive from the first time. And you would think that finally puts to bed the daily reports when it comes to Kivior's future and that Italian clubs were sniffing around. There's even a, even one yesterday saying that they still believe in the final hours of the window that 
Cuba or Kivio's uh, future will could be decided. But this is pretty definitive for his agent. And again, as I said yesterday, all I've heard from Arsenal is that nothing significant is going to be happening in terms of incomings, but also outgoings and you know letting Kivio go on loan for the remainder of the season. It's just one of those ones that falls into the makes no sense whatsoever category if you see what I mean from one left back or makeshift left back to another unfortunate news with Kieran Tierney he's gone off injured again for Real Sociedad yesterday he's just come back from a nine-game absence with a hamstring injury he was playing yesterday in their match but he went off he didn't before half time didn't look happy real shame you know hopefully it's nothing too serious we'll wait and see what the um, outcome is what the assessments are that Sociedad, that Sociedad do but it's just again it's a real shame for for a player who just can't really catch a break when it comes to injuries. And, um, and yeah, there's not really much more to say on the fact. It's just, it's just a real shame. And it's a worry for Arsenal, you know, there's no long-term future. I don't think for Kieran Tierney at Arsenal, I think we all know that, but you kind of looked at this loan at Sociedad and really hoped it was going to go well. And that was going to generate a big market for him come the summer. Started well, was playing well, was happy there, was popular, but now the, familiar tale of injuries with Kieran Tierney struck again and got to think that that might well have an impact when it comes to Sociedad making a decision about his future at the end of the season when the loan runs out and it's going to make Arsenal's job of potentially finding a buyer um, for Kieran Tierney a little bit tougher so fingers crossed it's not too bad and he's back playing well but real shame to see Tierney go off once again. Okay, some questions and comments from you guys now. This one from MP Stevens says, Hi, Charles. Regarding Arsenal's ageing midfield, I don't want to see us go and splash massive cash for multiple replacements to for Elneny, Jorginho or even Party. If all three leave within a year, I want to see maybe a big, big bid for Frankie de Jong. Um, have Patino come back and get a chance of properly being involved with the first team. Always liked him and he seems to have bolted up and got a decent left foot on him. What do you think? Yeah, look, it's going to be interesting to see what Arsenal do. I think the midfield's going to going to be one of the key areas when it comes to what Arsenal do in the transfer market come the summer because of the reasons we've spoken about you know there's a good chance that Jorginho stays as I said yesterday he's out of contract in the summer but they do have that option to extend that contract by a further 12 months with the fact that El Nenny's going and we don't know yet exactly what the future holds for Thomas Party. I think it just makes sense on a lot of levels to activate that clause and keep Jorginho for another 12 months um, you know, he seems he's happy at Arsenal. Arsenal are certainly happy with him. And that gives you a little bit of a leeway because then you will certainly can go out and buy. We've spoken about Zuba Mendy, but we can talk about Frankie de Jong, like you've spoken about there. You know, you could go out and spend significant money on a player like that come the summer. Have Jorginho there, have Declan Rice there. And then maybe there is room for a Patino to come back um, and try and make his way at Arsenal. My latest information on Charlie Patino is that he's at Swansea. He's... He's had a bit of an up and down, you know, had a really good start and then his minutes are a little bit harder to come by right now, but he's really enjoying himself. He's popular there. I don't think he comes back this month or goes anywhere else this month. I've seen links with a couple of other clubs, but I think the plan right now, certainly as far as I'm aware, is that he's going to stay and see out the season with Swansea and then a decision will be made in the summer. He'll have one year left on his contract in the summer. Arsenal were open to letting him go last summer. They changed their mind on that as the window progressed. They sent him out on loan and they said to him and his people, okay, we'll come back, spend this season at loan on Swansea, come back and we'll make a decision on you in the summer. I think it's going to take a lot for Arsenal to persuade Patino's people and him that he has a real pathway and a chance of making it at Arsenal. I don't think it's impossible, 
But I think it's going to take a lot and they're going to have to really show him that if he does stick around, if he does stay, that they he is going to get minutes and he is going to be a key part of the plan. So you know, there's lots of discussions to have. I would like it. I mean, you'll want to see academy players play for Arsenal. Patino does look really talented player from what we've seen. Um, he's one of those players I look at and think, I wonder if he's just going to be better suited to the Premier League than Championship anyway. I mean, he's got he's going to come back at the end of this season. He's played a lot of minutes over the last two seasons in the Championship for a player his age, which is really good experience for him. But the way he plays, like you said, the quality he's got, especially with his left foot, the way he can spot a pass, um, just kind of feels like it'd be suited to a league where maybe you get a little bit more time or you, and you're playing with better players who can sort of sense what you're going to do a little bit more. Um, so I would like to see it, but we'll have to wait and see on that. All right, here's one from Martin. Says, oh, thanks for the updates with regards to our midfield. I think it needs to be party as a six, Rice as a left eight and Odegaard as a right eight. Rice has the legs to get up and down, which also means he can cover Zinchenko, who he knows is not the best defensively. Also allows Havertz to be a different option as a nine. I think it would be good. Lion nine, similar to how Firmino played with Liverpool. Um, it gives us more variety and we know what Mikel wants. Also worth mentioning. Um, I don't think people really understand how good Thomas Partey is second Tony Rodri. I think we do. I think everyone does understand how good Thomas Partey is. I think it was plain to see for everyone who saw last season when he played up to that injury. Come March, he was up there as probably the Premier League's best defeat, um, midfielder. And I include Rodri in that. I think what you've pointed out there is absolutely right. I think that's how Arsenal should set up in the midfield when everyone's fit. Maybe not for every single game. I'm not sure you definitely need Party and Rice together every single game. But certainly for the majority of them, I think it, it gives Arsenal a lot of stability defensively, but it also gives them a lot of quality going forward because we all know what Arsenal have missed when Thomas Party hasn't been there. That ability to pass the ball forward, to progress the ball forward, to split the lines. Um, and I think with him back in the team, then you're looking at a much stronger Arsenal side and you know defensively and going forward and I do think Declan Rice can play that role and like you said I think it allows Havertz then to pretty much concentrate playing more as a as a striker as another option to Gabriel Jesus which for me from everything we've seen this season is his best position no doubt about it um here's one from Charlie now he says he's currently on holiday in Antigua bought the book Thank you very much, Charlie. Um, currently day three and he's already finished it. Well, that's great to see. Thank you very much for that. Appreciate it. He said, I have one question for you. Um, sorry if this message is a little bit long, but who would you say is the most important signing of the Arteta era? For me, although Odegaard could be an obvious pick, Gabriel has been immense since arrival. And I feel that he's incredibly underrated by Arsenal fans and football fans in general because of how good Saliba is. What do you think? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think I'd probably go with you. I think Gabriel's certainly up there. I think Odegaard has to be up there, though. Those are the two, I would say. Obviously, Saliba was before Arteta. Martinelli was before Arteta. Um, Thomas Partey, for as good as he's been, has obviously had his injury issues that have really sort of held him back a little bit from achieving everything that he probably should have been able to achieve at Arsenal. But Gabriel, when you look at the minutes he's played, the consistency he's played, how good he is defensively, the partnership he's struck up with Saliba, the goals he scored going forward. I think he's got 12 goals in the Premier League now, which is more than any other defender since he joined. Um, the leadership he shows... Just so many, so many positives from that. And you look at how much Arsenal spent on him, what it was about 27 million, I think. Should they sell him now? You're looking at about an 80 million pound defender there. And I think that says it all in terms of how good he's been at Arsenal. But I think the same probably is to be said for Martin Odegaard. You know, should Arsenal ever, should someone come in for Martin Odegaard this summer, they'd be have to pay well over 100 million pounds, I would say, for a player that Arsenal spent about 30 odd million on. Um, so I think those two are probably the two top ones. And there are others as well but yeah I'd say I'd go with those two and I think Declan Rice is um 
will be up there as well. I know they spent an awful lot of money on him, but I think it's just signing a player of that quality, beating a team like Manchester City to his signing, just says an awful lot about where Arsenal are right now. So I think he has to be up there as well. Um, this is the last one of today's from Andy. He says, happy mornings, Charles. Thank you, Andy. Happy mornings to you. With both strikers struggling for form, wouldn't it be a good idea to roar Trossard minutes as a number nine? In my opinion, we see the best of him in that position and it gets Martinelli in the starting team. I think it would also help Jesus because I feel like Martinelli has always responded well from being dropped. Maybe the same could be said for Jesus. Thank you. Yeah, look, I've said it before. I think it's Trossard's best position as well, just like Havertz, really. I, whenever I see Trossard playing as that false nine, I think he plays better. I don't like him in the left eight role. Never have. Um, and I've not seen any signs that he is, that is a position that Arsenal should be playing him in. Left wing, he does a job, does it well, of course. Um, very, very different to Martinelli, but still does it well. I, but I just think when he's in and around the penalty area, I think he's the best finisher Arsenal have. And he's so clever. He works really hard. He's strong as well, despite his stature. He wins headers, which we've seen. He scored a couple of headers for Arsenal. Um, and and yeah, I, I wouldn't be against it at all. There's been many times I've, I've turned up and I've been hoping to see Trossard in the number nine role. I thought that when we went to Fulham for the Craven Cottage game on, on New Year's Eve, it was a shame that he wasn't. He was playing in the left eight role when the team was announced. Um, so yeah. Absolutely everything you've said, I agree with. I think it'd be good to see him get some minutes there. It would then give you the option of playing Martinelli as well. You could play Gabriel Jesus out wide um, and give Saka a rest if you're going to do that. So it, it brings up lots of options and, and I would be quite happy to see him do that. All right, that's it from me today, everyone. Thank you very much for your time. As always, if you're watching or listening, I do appreciate it. I'll be back tomorrow to do it all over again. And if you want to get involved, you want to get some questions in or comments or opinions, just reply to this video in the comment section below. I'll pull a few of them together and go over them in tomorrow's show. Until then, people, have a very good day. Speak to you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.